This is episode 113 of Reconcile the Isle. What on earth is going on? Rocket Man. Puerto Rico. Russia, 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 Russia. Eight accusers. Several allegations. Thousands of cases. Charlottesville. Horrific shooting. Deadly school shooting. The third deadly mass shooting in a week. Category four. California wildfires. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. Government shutdown. I've never seen this country divided like this. This is astounding to me. Reconcile the Isle. Welcome to Reconcile the Isle, where my characters and I are figuring out how we can have meaningful dialogue about difficult topics. My name is Lauren Lojudice. I created this podcast because a lot of my people, you know, people that are on Instagram, other places around the internet, people who come to my shows, we all have a lot in common. We are the outcasts, the weirdos, the black sheeps in our families and in the world. We're doing things outside the box. And so we feel alienated, lonely, and, you know, it makes it harder. We're not sure how to talk to people about things that really matter to us because they don't understand. So I created this podcast as a way to use my characters to have in-depth, meaningful conversations with people that can help us give us answers while bringing some levity. I'm learning with you, okay? (laughs) Let me just be clear. And I fail all the time. Sometimes I ask myself, how can I have a podcast called Reconcile the Isle when part of me is so angry? Sometimes I want to blow the fucking aisle to smithereens. I get so sad that looking around and seeing so many people becoming radicalized and people are marching in time to this white supremacist regime that creates a media tailspin that is destabilizing our concept of truth and what justice means. And it breaks my heart to see this manipulation, this mass manipulation going on around me. In our first episode, Dr. NYC told us that when faced with people you don't come close to understanding, find one commonality and talk about that. My characters are very different from each other. So if you go to my character library on my website, laurenlogy.com, you'll get an idea of that. So I attract a diversity of audiences, and these are sometimes audiences from slightly different political persuasions. And the one thing I found that we can all agree on is that we don't like stupid people. No one likes stupid people. You know, the funny thing is, is that we always pin what we find stupid about people on those we don't like. Liberals, conservatives, progressives, you all think that the other one is selfish and considerate and stupid. So... People of all political viewpoints find my character of dad very funny. Queer radical activists will find my dad hysterical. And the thing is, is my dad is the character of my dad. And my dad, when he comes onto the podcast, is basically talking about stupid people. And it's the great uniter, I feel. And, you know, listen, I don't agree with my dad politically at all. But we can laugh about this one point together. And so with that in mind, here's our segment, Stupid People. I don't know what part of the country or the world you live in. I live in New York City, all right? And and then this happens in other big cities, too. You know, you have a lot of people. There's a density in the population. We have, you know, like eight and a half million people in the city. Probably got like four million cars. Only like one and a half million of them probably have insurance. But... <laughs> That's another, that's another thing. Anyway, here's the, the thing is like, let's say you're on a two-way street and, and there's a guy at an intersection stopped at a stop sign and 
he like instead of letting you pass him, he like drives out in front, cuts in front of you, and then he goes five miles a fucking hour, you know, like an asshole. And you can't get in an opportunity to pass him. You know what I mean? And this goes on for like eight blocks. And then finally you're getting to a, a, a light and that son of a bitch goes through just when it's turning yellow and you get stuck at the light. And either you're trying to make an appointment or you got to take a piss and you're trying to get home to the toilet or something. You know, those fucking people are real assholes and they're inconsiderate. You know, if you're going to go slow, let the guy in front of you get ahead of you. You know, you know how you drive. You drive like you're a fucking cripple. Then fucking just let the other person go in front of you. So that's very inconsiderate and everything. And since now we're starting a new uh, thing, we're going to rate everything like, you know, the, the movies, they give it four stars or restaurants and hotels, they give them five stars or they give them thumbs ups and somethings. Well, our, our rating is going to be on rectums. So these people get a, a two and a half rectum rating, okay? <laughs> that's these people, okay? Yes, that's how big of an asshole they are. And the other part is when they do go through that light when it's turning yellow, not only should they get hit by somebody else jumping the light, it should be a truck carrying gasoline. So this way, if they survive the collision, they burn to death, okay? That's the other part. Wow. People are just so stupid. <laughs> All right. So today we're welcoming special guest Jesse Snedden. He's a stand-up comedian who co-writes with me the Melania Trump Roadshow. Get out the vote and get me out of the White House of Garbage. And he also is running the Instagram and TikTok feeds with me at Flotus Official. We are writing and developing content every day, and you're going to hear all about that if you're wondering what it's like on the inside creating online comedy content in a world where the attention span is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, and also what this whole TikTok thing is about, you'll want to hear this episode. And you can always sign up at laurenlogie.com slash podcast to get the link to all the wonderful things that my podcast guests and I give away for free to subscribers. And you'll get reminders when we publish this every other week. My co-host Melania Trump is actually quarantined in her glam room in the White House. So she sent us a voice memo with an update. And you know, you can always see updates at themelaniashow.com or on Instagram at Official. I reconcile the aisles. Mitch McConnell is getting more like a turtle all the time. He's slow to deal with Kirona. And then he fell on his back on the White House lawn. But because of social distancing, no one can flip him. The Surgeon General finally figured out a way to get Donald to wash his hands. Add soap to the KFC gravy. George W. changed French fries to freedom fries. Well, my Donald changed fried rice to American rice, General Sow chicken to General Patton chicken, and Chinese food to... I'm doing a great job. All right, let's go to the interview with comedian Jesse Snedden. Welcome, Jesse, to Reconcile the Isle. Pleasure to be here. Okay. So you and I are making content every single day for, but my people might see at the Melania, themeliashow.com and on Instagram and TikTok at Flotus Official. And we are going to lead everyone today through basically how this is all evolved. About how long was it ago that we started writing the touring show together? I think it was... July or August. Yeah. 
something like that of 2019. Yep. So I think we did a movie together and we were at a screening and I was like, yeah, I'm thinking of doing this show. And you're like, I'm interested in something. And I'm like, yeah, like the Melania Trump road show. Yeah. It was yeah. a good idea. And like, you know, especially with the, the, it being an election year. Yeah. I mean, not that year, but by the time we finished doing it, we'd be in an election year as yep. we are now. And the thought was it would be this like voter pep rally, essentially. We'd be bringing people um, through a sketch comedy video burlesque. Yeah, I think uh, I had the idea of, of making it like a 70s style variety show with Melania as the host. The general idea was to make it a get out the vote uh, for voter registration uh, and possibly working with various local politicians who are running for something wherever we happen to be or uh, or nonprofits that were engaged in uh, in in fighting voter suppression. Yeah. And uh, in New York, we were linked up. Yeah. <laughs> and York, we were linked up. We had a few shows in New York. We were linked up with Justin Krebs, who was running city council, runs drinking liberally, the living liberally umbrella. And we were going to be working with uh, Judith Windsor with E.D. Windsor's legacy and different nonprofits. So we had like a lot of things lined up. Yeah, Every last one, which happened. deals with refugees. And then Corona. Wait, what's that? I'm on. I'm, 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 <laughs> so then we realized that we had to move everything online. As most performers have realized, we don't know when this is going to end. In fact, to rebook this, we think we're going to go back on the road in August. We were going to supposed to go in May and June. Performed just in New York in March go on the road May and June. And that we had to change that. And actually everyone we've reached out to about August is like, sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, knows. If we're open. I mean, to be fair, I think we're, we knew when we rescheduled that it's like, this is, it was more like, this is our plan. Why don't you keep the dates open for us? And then we'll see what happens. Yes, absolutely. And in the meantime, we thought we should explore how to bring the message and the comedy that we are creating to the wider internet. And to be clear, like this is what we're doing. And Jesse, chime in. Melania is never the hero. We're no. not trying to make anyone feel bad for her. She's not a victim. She is someone who is just all out for herself. She doesn't want to be in the White House just because she's bored. And she'd, she didn't sign up for this. She'd rather be just going to the spa every day and doing Pilates. She'd rather be bored in New York. Exactly. And bored in D.C. Yep. Right, so she's fighting against her husband, but not because she thinks her husband is a bad person, just because she wants what she wants, which is to not live in that old-ass house anymore. Yep. Totally self-centered, just like every other Trump, fighting for herself. So we never make her, and then um, when we're thinking about online content, we're going along that vein. We also get absurd. You know, Melania is singing and rapping and doing interviewing nonprofits and, and like assuming that they would like Donald. And she's like absurd. And that's part of the fun. And we don't necessarily have, we don't have any Donald in person. We hardly talk about Donald. It's more about like, just get him out. And this is why. Right. So that's kind of the unique spin we have. I don't really know anyone else who does it that way. People are more Donald centered. Yeah, well, he's he's on a lot of people's minds these days. Yeah. Has been for about almost four years now. Yeah. So I we... Really think about Melania. No one. At all. In fact, we did a little, and we'll go into this more later, we did an exploration on Google Trends about, like, who's... No one's Googling her. Like, no one cares. Right. 
Which I think is the way she likes it. Exactly. And it's great because then we get to, as writers, we can just throw in whatever we're creating her. It's like a blank palette. Yeah, we can People make don't her really know much want. about her. We can make her whatever we want her to be, which is a Trump apologist, but only because it's in her interest to be that. Yeah. Not because... You know, just like everyone else, every public official that apologizes for Trump is doing it because it's in their best interest, not because they act. Nobody thinks Trump is good at his job. Yeah. Not a single Republican. I mean, the, the people that vote for him do, but that's because yeah. I don't know why that is. I, it defies logic, but <laughs> it absolutely does. But certainly the people in Congress who fought so hard mm -hmm. to keep him from getting impeached didn't do so yeah. because like, we need this guy. It was yeah. more the personal because they didn't want to ruffle yep. the base that they need to yep. vote from. And it trickles down to I even seeing gigs. Like all my friends, I like when I started doing the Melania impression, I reached out to all the Trumps around, people who were doing Trump. They are all working so much. And I'm not getting those calls. Why? Because no one thinks Melania can talk. I'm not just a Melania who walks in and shakes her ass like that's not what I'm going to be hired for. I'm going to be tired to tell jokes. The, like making Melania funny and most people, that, that Melania exists as a person with something that comes out of her mouth is, other than her husband's cum, is like not even thought of by the general public. Right. At all. I mean, and quite frankly, Donald, it's very easy to make fun of Donald because he's he is a human cartoon. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be disparage the people that do him well because it's not easy yeah. to do well and be subtle about it which you know there are certain people uh i don't know are we supposed to name drop here with like are we could name drop people we think i think it'd be good to say positive the people we just think are great yeah, like john, john d domenico does a great job with yeah. it and uh you know jl's thing was very jl colvin bit mm -hmm. was, was very funny he's sort of made a name for himself as a impressionist from i think when he, he started doing louis yeah was what what put him on the map you know but that for every john d domenico there's 500 numbskulls that are just do, doing this and pursing their lips and just yeah. spouting spouting bombast out of their mouths and uh and still people are hiring them. yeah absolutely now we started to explore the world of the internet we were decided as soon as like the shutdown happened all right Let's continue the story. And so we started doing Melania's updates from the quarantine, from her glam room. She's quarantined in her glam room and we have like absurd storylines and a lot of the videos started doing quite well. And then we realized, um, which a lot of people do, is that the more complicated we got, and I'm not talking very complicated, the less people could actually follow us. Right, we were trying to create a the whole world, but that type of forward thinking has no place on the internet. None. <laughs> Folks, it, it is so depressing. <laughs> We've been kind of wrapping our heads around the enormity of what we're finding out. Like we keep digging into analytics and, and looking at the data. And the average watch time on YouTube is so low and people kind of watch the first. And on TikTok, we exploring TikTok right now, three seconds. That's all you got to get people in. People will literally scroll past if three seconds into your video, you've not caught their attention. Right. And short of, you know, pulling my wang out, 
Yeah. You know how to get someone's attention. And, and showing your tits. When you're doing something nuanced. There's no place for nuance on TikTok. I just started looking at it and I'm, I'm agog. <laughs> the level of stupidity that goes on there. It's either 19-year-olds shaking their butts or like a guy hitting a golf ball that goes around things. It's, is, you know, it takes a certain amount of skill, but it's not exactly engaging for me personally. And it's not necessarily a joke. There's a few things here. And we also, I think people's attention spans are getting cut down to such small increments. We looked on Google Trends about videos. People, unless we did this wrong, and maybe we did this wrong, and if you find we did this wrong and we got the wrong data, please tell us. Like, I will, we all come out and say that we got this wrong, okay? From what we've seen, people aren't even Googling much comedy videos. They're Googling comedy memes. Yeah, it's all about the memes now. Which is like three, again, three seconds. People yeah. only want to look at something. You read something and then you're done. You know, I was talking about this the other day in, in television, there's uh, the difference between a bottle episode and a serial, where a bottle, the idea of a bottle episode, mm -hmm. shows like, not to nerd out, shows like Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And it to be bottle episodes, whereas you could watch any episode of Star Trek The Next Generation without knowing anything about any of the characters and you could get the gist of it. And the whole adventure was wrapped up in 40 minutes or whatever. Yep. A meme is like a bottle episode truncated down into a single image. Yeah. Like this is the thing I has wants cheeseburger or whatever. And then people laugh and then go on and look for the next one. Yep. So we decided to try to feed the beast. And there's argument. I have friends who say, I will not cater to that because that's not my true creativity. And that's not what I really want to create. And I get it. I have lots of videos in my hard drive ready to go out and they will go out at like appropriate times that are more my self-expression. However, we're trying to, what would you say? Save the masses, um, capture them. I think we're trying to reach, you just need to reach them once. Yeah. And then you can do whatever you want. Once you've gotten that one thing to go viral and you've got all the followers. Yeah. Then you can do whatever you please because they're, they're already there. I mean, within reason, obviously, but. Yeah. Because at least some percentage of, you know, if you get like 375,000 followers or something like yeah. that. Yeah. If 10% of those people are even slightly interested in the other stuff you want to do. That's 37,000 people, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is once they can trust you, then they tr maybe can stay for more than three seconds because they know that it's going to go somewhere that they've been proven to go somewhere before. Because people really need to feel that their investment in a video is going to pay off somehow. The thing we found out that did the best on TikTok, we just looked at the data and the best things are fart jokes. Yeah. That high comedy concept of... <laughs> we are writing... The buttocks. Poo jokes and fart jokes. And it, like, we only write a few at a time so it doesn't like hurt our soul. <laughs> Can't write more than six of those before you just want to... Like, I, I cannot believe the words that are coming from my hands. Like... The, pun the last word of a joke today was poo. I believe it's poop. Poop. P at the end. Yeah. That's true. There's a poop and poop. 
And I and we're like predicting that those are gonna kill. And we'll find out shortly. And we'll find out shortly, but we're finding that that is the only, it's a, it's a hard decision to like say that we don't really artistically. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it, but at the same time, like I said, if one of them works, because on the other side, we're doing the, the tweet interpretations. Yeah, we started doing that. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which is Melania interprets Donald's crazy rambling tweets, which is more in my wheelhouse as far as writing. I mean, we're still dumbing it down to, mm-hmm. I feel like Instagram is 2% smarter than TikTok. <laughs> so you can, you can do a little bit with that. And even with that one, we've, um, we were gonna test as well, like trying to throw one up on to TikTok. We think the simple one just go on TikTok, but TikTok's great for testing. So. If we throw one of those up on TikTok, we'd have to format it different, differently. And can people grasp what we're doing? We're not sure. We'll find out. We're not sure. Because it requires having knowledge and connecting that knowledge to something that's going on on screen. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is that the, you know, doing comedy for as long as, as, as I've done it, you know, failure is part of the job. Yeah. I don't get bummed out when something doesn't work. It's just, all right, well, that didn't work. Let's try something different. Yeah, we just got to, te- we found, like I'm finding like more I go through, especially TikTok, if it's too many thoughts at once, it doesn't work. It needs to be one thought. And also no one knows anyone else really but Donald. Like no one knows any names. Kellyanne Conway, Stephen Miller, Mike Pence, very vague in most people's minds. It's basically just Donald. Right. All the jokes that we're going to be putting out on TikTok now are just about Donald as the 73-year-old doddering old man puttering around the White House. Yeah. As opposed to Donald the, I'm not going to use the word statesman, but Donald (laughs) the public figure. Yes. So, because Melania is the only person that well, she doesn't sleep in the same room as him, but well, most likely. she sees him in his bathrobe or whatever. So. Yes, she sees him without the wig or whatever the hell's on his head. She knows what's going on. I mean, they probably doesn't tell her when he's going to go get it patched up or whatever the F he does. And he probably has never seen her out of her makeup for years. She probably sleeps in that stuff. Yeah, or just when during the sexy time nights, she just makes her like perfect. Like the designated monthly uh, coupling. Yes. Contractually obligated monthly coupling of Melania uh, <laughs> and Donald. I sign contract. I do sexy time. Which would be a terrible name for a pornography. <laughs> so I guess um, I've been debating with several people like this, the dumbing down of jokes and the short term nature of it. Does it mean we're fucked with the future of comedy or is it like, you know, for instance, there's still like high bar comedy, like like specials on Netflix. Some of those are good. And yeah, I don't think I don't think that's ever going to go away. I just think that it's harder to break in. You know, especially in this environment where you can't do shows at clubs anymore. Yeah. So nobody's seeing you, and you're like doing. You can't just do stand up in a vacuum. Like you can't. You write a joke, post it on, on Facebook or something like that, or even like a short video with like a one-liner. But you can't do, you know, there's no, no. Do a 15-minute set on Zoom. Well, this, when this group of kids who are all on TikTok all day long, 
when they start going out to comedy clubs when they're old enough, if they go, you can go, say that they show up to a comedy club 10 years later, are they even going to be able to appreciate like a Mark Norman set or someone who's like, like what could they actually watch if they're so used to watching these three second jokes? Well, I mean, hopefully I'll be dead by then. <laughs> I want to be about it. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what these kids are going to be like. I know that I'm optimistic about, I guess, what are they calling Gen Z? Yeah. You know, the, uh, the Parkland shooting kids and those kids, mm -hmm. those kids sort of straddle the line because they grew up, you know, we're the last generation that weren't born with the internet. You know, the internet yeah. wasn't a thing in, really until I was in college. I mean, it was sort of a thing, like America Online existed when I was in high, high school. school. Yeah. You know, the internet as a, as a thing that everyone was a part of. Like my, for, for example, my freshman year of college, that class was the first class to be assigned email addresses by NYU. Hmm. Before that, that wasn't even a thing. So, but this, the Gen Z group seems to have figured out how to use social media, at least some of them in a, in a positive manner. I think, you know, the, the Emma Gonzalez's hmm. and the, what's his name, David Hogg. Yeah. Those kids really captured people and were able to admonish people that attacked them on social media in a way that was actually quite impressive. Yeah. And they're dedicated, like they're not going anywhere. So them, I, I like. This next crew, ooh, like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Between TikTok and uh, the Twitch is what bothers me. Like now, I used to get in trouble for playing too many video games. Now kids are watching other kids play video games. Yeah, it's very That's strange. popular. It's very uh, strange. That one baffles me. I was thinking of doing a U-log with friends, which is a U-log with friends is where I sit silently for like 30 minutes going through something as a character. And it's weird. And I was thinking of doing a U-log with friends on Twitch. Yeah, I'm not saying Twitch as a, as yeah. a medium is necessarily bad. Oh, yeah. But what yeah. people are doing with it is watching other people play video games, which like B, because when they're in the video game, they're like at least present, I guess, and they're excited to see being, maybe. I don't know. I don't get it. It's weird. I, I guess the, the, it's documented that scrolling and this short-term reward, and when you scroll and you're on these platforms, it fucks it with your brain. Dopamine or something? It's what? It hits you with dopamine? Dopamine, and it does fuck with your brain and ability to focus. So I do worry about people who are on platforms such as TikTok all day long. And I mean, even the general internet at large is just getting so focused on, on short, short, short. One thing about it is I don't think they're all on it. You know, I think, mm -hmm. I think it's quite possible that TikTok is just the, uh, the Nintendo and weed of, of this generation. Like, you know, everyone's like, Nintendo. oh, you play too much Nintendo. It's like, yeah, some kids do, but some kids don't do that. So yeah. You know, I don't think those kids are going to the comedy club, to be honest, because they'd have to be able to sit still for 90 yeah. minutes. I don't even think they go to the movie theater. You know, I think you they, know, uh, Yeah, and I've been going through TikTok, and there's a lot of people who, like, start accounts and then just kind of bounce. It's unclear. Vine was massive for a hot second. Yeah. And now that's not even, you can't even get it anymore. It's gone. Yeah. So maybe TikTok's Vine. But, you know, if, if you catch lightning in a bottle while it exists you know there were some vine people that became very successful off of yeah. 
you know, so the fact that it's defunct now doesn't necessarily mean it's not useful at the moment. And at the very least, we're learning about what the, I mean, we would have never figured this out, like what people are searching for on the internet, how little they're consuming, and how quick they need to joke, and who we can joke about because of like their bandwidth in terms of understanding, like is so low. And so that's always helpful, I guess, to realize. I mean, I always thought the uh, the average American was not that bright, but this has shown me that I was overestimating them. Yeah. <laughs> like beyond, yeah. And and so we will, we do have like really funny episodes with like Mike Pence converting to being a Jehovah, he's converting religions to try to figure out a cure for the coronavirus, and then he becomes a Jehovah Witness and... All of this stuff. The idea being that Mike Pence, rather than use science to try to cure the coronavirus, is just trying to figure out which religion he has to be to play the right way so that the coronavirus will go away. Yeah. Because obviously science won't work. Yeah. And then he like goes knocking on everyone's door and there's an emergency and then he comes. So like all of these things are like absurd and fun episodes, which we hope to get the masses so that we can give them these content that we think is super fun and the people who do consume it love it and some of these videos did do very well and then we found out that to can sustain we can't keep giving people things to think yeah you got to take it back to uh yeah to the simple. so now the qu- other question is is that as we're trying to we're coming to an election year there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about do these memes make it harder to have conversations because they're so black and white i mean i think the fact that everyone can get their news from wherever they want to and that anyone's allowed to publish things that aren't true. Yeah. Is a bigger problem. You know, the yeah. fact that anyone who likes Trump will just watch Fox news or OAN people can be told that what they believe is the right thing, irregardless of the facts. And I think there's something about jokes and memes and things like that, which makes it be like, Oh, everyone else is thinking like this. Oh, this is a common thing to think. There's something about that that it's disturbing. I mean, I think I think the news does the same thing. Yeah. Because it's not like people are are people people who watch Fox News aren't then turning to uh, CNN and saying, "Well, what what do they think about it?" You know, yeah. that's not happening. And even online, the president himself is is maligning legitimate news sources. Thomas Friedrich called in the in the world is flat called it. Um, Maybe that's not the right to the world is flat, Thomas Friedman, I believe. Yeah, he wrote that. Yeah, and um, he said and talked about how the problem is that like the screens are flat. Like the New York Times website and then some bunk news website can be made to look as professional as each other. And that's the problem is that people start believing, like there's no differentiator of what's what and it gets confusing in your head. I wonder if any flat earthers bought that book and were confused. <laughs> Like, yeah. I thought this was supposed to be about my thing. <laughs> nope. No, no, uh, this is a, uh, a look into the nature of, <laughs> of uh, media in general. Yeah. All right, cool. Jesse, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at DJDOGRE. I probably needed to get a new one. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at the same, at DJDOGRE. And, uh, I believe TikTok is the same, although I may have changed that to Snedden Comedy. I also will have a website going up shortly, which I believe is jessesnedden.com or snedencomedy.com. 
I don't like any of this stuff, all right? I think I that abundantly clear. You can also find a couple of stand-up bits on YouTube. And uh, I'm in the movie Galaxy 360 with Lauren when that comes out. Uh, yep. I, you can watch the trailer at, I believe, galaxy360.com. I mean, it's out. It's just not out for public consumption. We It was at, yeah. uh, I think it was the Big Apple Film Festival I went to, screening of it. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting time, making that. It's a pretty good movie. It's a great movie, and it, it yeah. makes you think, too. It's a, that's yeah. a thinker. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Galaxy 360 is pretty good, and you get to see me uh, pretty much naked. <laughs> uh, and you get to see me mouthing off. I'm, I'm actually kind of the – she said she wanted to make me the Donald Trump of this movie, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, thank you, Jesse. You're welcome. Okay. So, Melania, do you understand that when people put out comedy videos satirizing... Salinizing? I don't want salty water. Melania, I'm just impressed that you know what salinizing is. We'll just take it where we can with you. Uh, So for the rest of us, let's think about this. Has short-form comedy and never-ending scrolling affected our ability to laugh at more complicated jokes? Does that mean we're losing our ability to think critically? Let me know what you think. Before we go into the I don't care to you segment, I'd like to do two things. First, I want to encourage everyone to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It really, really helps other people find us. Second, I want to tell you that you can follow Reconcile the Isle on my Twitter and Instagram at Lauren Logi, L-O-G-I. And do consider signing up at laurenlogi.com slash podcast to get the free stuff from me and my guests. This episode, we're giving away some free merch. Um, we have a line of satirical products like orange stains out of the White House and Trump off soap. Yes, it's really a thing. We made it before Corona, but how amazing. How What incredible timing. All right. And also on my website, you're going to find out about some other things going on. My book, Inside Melania, What I Learned About Melania Trump by Impersonating Her, is coming out June 14th. And we'll be on tour with the Melania Trump Roadshow, Get Out the Vote, and Get Me Out of the White House of Garbage in August. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Listen, we have to learn how to have public dialogue again. The world's on fire and we've got to talk about it. And there's no better way to understand the importance of this by reading the headlines. So, Melania, give us the top headlines in the I Don't Care Do You segment. Here's all the things that I don't care do you about. Jay Cruz files for the bankruptcy. You know, when I was poor, I used to shop there, so, so I'm nostalgically sad. Lots of blaming of the corona on the Chinas. There's been a sexual assault allegation on Joe of the Biden, and he's not done very well in handling. Oh, my hopes for getting out of the White House of Garbage are in danger. But I don't care, do you? Thank you to everyone who has made this podcast possible. Thank you to Sophia Reyes-Jones for editing, to Devin Edwards for creating the intro, Christopher Catalano for the voiceover, Maddie McLennan for making the podcast art, and a shout out to Alan Waters, Danny Holtz, and Craig Franson, who helped me to conceptualize this podcast. And of course, thank you to Jesse Stennon for being such a wonderful guest. See you in two weeks.